This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hi, guys. We have a very, very exciting guest on today. I'm here with the beautiful Hannah, who is a... What What did you just describe it to me as I've already forgotten? A, a nutritionist? Yeah, so I'm a registered nutritionist, mm -hmm. but I would say that I'm more of a therapeutic nutritionist. It. So yes. it's combining the psychology and the nutrition because I did psychology first and then I did my master's in nutrition. Mm -hmm. So it's more about the psychology of food and mm. body image and the relationship you have with it rather than just about what you need to eat, mm. off you go. Yeah, it's much more helpful having that whole kind of holistic approach and having all of that involved with nutrition because it is such an in-depth in topic. Mm. But I just wanted to start this episode by saying trigger warning that we're going to be talking about eating disorders. It's going to be a lot about my own personal experience. I feel like I'm already choking up. I'm like, huh? Oh. It's good though. I'm like really excited to do this episode, but, and I, I feel like I've been meaning to do something like this for so long. And I've discussed it over the years, lots to do about, we're talking about body image, body dysmorphia, all, all of those kind of topics. So if this is something that's quite sensitive or triggering for you. I don't think this this might not be the best episode to listen to, but if you're looking for, you know, some assistance in this area, it's going to be a positive episode. Um, I just wouldn't want any of my stories to trigger anyone. So that's my little, that's my little warning, I guess <laughs> you would warning. say, trigger warning. So I guess I'm going to start by explaining to Hannah, I guess, my backstory, and then you can talk me through or talk anyone else through, someone that's, you know, experienced the same things, kind of your approach to helping people with that. So this all came about um, what, why I was like, I really need to discuss this because I got an opportunity to do a lingerie shoot. Myself and two of my best friends were going to be on the shoot, and I just said yes immediately without even thinking. I was like, yep, like, so down for that. Like, I've been, like, fine about my body for the past, like, year or so, I'm feeling more confident. Like I didn't even think at all before saying yes. I was just like, whatever, like it's just a shoot. And then it came to going to the fitting for the shoot. And I was like in this little change room with my two friends who much, you know, smaller bodies than mine. And I immediately went into this like crazy comparison mode, like triggered back to all of my like childhood issues with my, with food and weight and my body. And I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Like just had a full freak out moment. And essentially, I, I've, I've done the shoot now. It's over. Thank God. <laughs> we did it. And I have so much pride in myself now that I've like overcome this huge thing that was like so scary to me. And I feel incredible now that I've done that. And I feel like I, 
you know, it was a big achievement for me, but the it made me really think about my whole backstory with it and like, why did this scare me so much? Like it, it really showed me how like debilitating body dysmorphia, mm-hmm. I guess, and body image and your confidence with your body, how much it can really impact so many things in your life, whether it's not a big lingerie shoot or something like that, but little tiny things. So a lot of mine stemmed from, I was overweight as a kid, like was was pretty normal when I was like, you know, one to five, I would say. And then something just switched. My parents started fighting a lot. And so we were in a really toxic environment in the household. And I genuinely put down to all of my eating habits to just so much emotional eating. Like there was so much negativity Mm. in my space as a young kid that my only comfort and only friend I necessarily felt was food. And so that was what I would cling to. And like, it made no sense because I was such a a sporty kid. I was such a positive, happy kid. And in front of my family, I think it wasn't a huge issue, but they just noticed me gaining weight, gaining weight, gaining weight. Like I was like getting chubbier and chubbier as a kid because what I would do was I didn't feel comfortable to eat around my dad, like, cause he would pick on me for my eating habits. He'd always say like, why is Cardia eating so much? Like in front of the whole family, in front of family, at family events, like my weight since a young age was always the only defining factor about me. So as I got older, my core belief was like, all that I am is like what my body is. Like that's what I'm viewed as. So I wouldn't eat around my dad. So I'd binge eat at school. Mm. Or like when my parents went home, I'd like just completely binge. And when you're young, like you don't understand, it's going to make you a bit chubby, sweetheart. You know what I mean? Like you don't understand it. Cause I was like, but I, I'm, I'm, my parents like, but she does sport. She's fit. So, and this is why I love that with your nutrition work, you talk about the psychology and the emotional side behind it, because I deeply believe your body stores so much weight and, and where you store pain and where you've like Mm. been through things up until I was in about grade eight. So how old is that? Like maybe 14, 13, 14. Yeah. I don't know. I like, don't know what it is in England. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But up until like, you know, more in the teenagers, like I just kept getting chubbier and chubbier. And it was like, I couldn't get a hold of my weight until my parents divorced and my mum moved out. And I was just living alone with my mum and I just started dropping weight. Like the minute my whole living situation improved and my happiness improved and I wasn't in such a toxic situation, I literally just every day started going on little walks, eating a bit healthier and I put it down to just being happier and also obviously learning more about fitness and all of that stuff. But because it wasn't like I was an unhealthy kid, I just had these crazy binge eating habits essentially and emotional eating habits. And so... For me, then I obviously lost a lot of weight. Like people, when I say to them that I've lost 35 kilos or 30 kilos or whatever since a young age, they're like, they just don't believe me. They're like, I can't really picture it mm. as you being a chubby kid. But my, the way my brain views myself still is being that chubby kid, which is fucking mental. I realize like I still have such extreme body dysmorphia issues. And most girls that I talk to, like any of my friends that have also been bigger as a young kid or struggle with that, like we still view ourselves in that way, which then deeply impacts my eating habits. And I feel like over the past few years and like since actually 
getting smaller and losing the weight. I have on and off struggle with so many eating disorders. And like, I think people from the outside wouldn't expect that because I have a completely normal body now. I'm not anorexically thin. I'm not, you know, you wouldn't see that. And I think that's something about eating disorders that so many people, they go so unidentified and like, because they don't look the same. Yeah, definitely. Eating disorders are not actually about physical appearance. Obviously, it then affects the physical body Mm -hmm. in some different eating disorders, Mm. but they're actually mental health conditions Mm -hmm. and mental illnesses. Um, So I think, first of all, it's amazing to hear your story and how much insight and awareness that you actually have built Mm. over the years. I think it shows that you've done so much work into it yourself, but what you are explaining is such a common phenomenon with so many people that have been in maybe a different size body when they were younger Mm. and it almost feels like you're trapped in that same kind of mind Mm -hmm. and however much something changes you you can't quite see it Mm. and actually you don't really know what your body looks like and that is so confusing because you're supposed to trust your brain because some some days are like oh yeah like you know if my clothes fit a bit better or something I'm like okay like you must be you know, smaller than what you used to be. And you can see in old photos, it's different. My thing is almost like, I think it's that feeling of the hatred I had that the way people viewed me when I was bigger was like, I feel like people that have been bigger or been chubby, like I'm like, people hate fat people. I swear people love to just look at you like you're so much smaller or like you've chosen to be this way. And it's like, you have no idea I would never judge someone for their weight because I'm like, you have no idea what they're going through. It's often an an emotional response. And so I feel like my body dysmorphia is so linked to like the the energy I would get off other people viewing me like that and like the way they would lessen me as a human because my body looked that way. And then also when you um, then started to lose weight Mm -hmm. and then people would praise you Mm -hmm. and then if you're kind of going along that journey of maybe not having built that self-esteem, built that self-worth, that's going to be so much external validation. Mm. And then it's like, oh, okay, that person's now being nice to me. I'm getting a different kind of treatment. Kids at school are being nicer. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting bullied anymore. So it keeps it going. And that's when it can go down that really dark and dangerous path Mm -hmm. where it's like, this is now what I've got to maintain. And that actually some people might not even be where their body wants to be. Yeah, They're trying to force their body to be Absolutely. at a place where it's actually not happy because everyone is supposed to look different. Yeah, And diet culture, what you were saying about people hating on fat people, unfortunately, not for everyone, obviously, but for quite a lot of society, they have these really good and bad ways of looking at bodies. Mm. And that's what diet culture is ultimately. It's mm. a 60 billion pound industry. It's absolutely massive. And it's just basically profiting off people feeling vulnerable Mm -hmm. about their bodies. So they keep buying into it and just constantly drilling down that Mm. message of if you're in a smaller body, you're going to be happier. You're going to be more successful. You're going to be more worthy, which just isn't true. And you're absolutely right. I think it was like when I started getting the validation, once I got smaller, it was like I'd never had you know, when I was younger, I always felt like 
the ugly duckling and boys would say, well, lucky you've got a pretty face. And it was like, that's why I got into makeup because I was like, mm. all, all I have is my face and I'd wear lo- long hair extensions to cover my body. And I was I was such a confident kid, but on the inside, like I could never go to the beach. I still to this day struggle feeling confident at the beach, like in a bikini. Like let, that's what I'm thinking, girl, what the fuck have you said yes to this lingerie <laughs> shoot? Like what, what the fuck? And obviously it was a, such a, I believe so deeply it was, it's such a universal thing that's put, pushed me in that situation to overcome a lot of this. But that validation that you get when you get smaller, it it formed such a belief for me that was like, oh, well, the smaller you get, the more lovable you are and the more people will like you and you'll be normal finally. And I feel like ever since I was a kid, I just wanted to be normal in that way, not like the fat kid mm. or like have people just view me as my body because obviously that's all I viewed myself as was like, the standard of what my body was in and you're so right like people think the smaller I get the skinnier I am or the healthy like healthier yeah quote-unquote quite toxically I become like the happier I'm gonna be and I really formed the bad eating disorder cycle it went from because I lost a lot of the weight like the 30 kilos like completely healthily like Literally just went on long walks. Did you realise you were doing it at the time or was it just something that was kind of happening when I was as in a result of you being happier? school still, I tracked it. Like I was like, I remember I have this, oh my God, no, I die. I had a book and it was like, this is day one, I'm starting this journey. Like my parents had split. I felt like, okay, like I'm going to tackle this. And my, I got my mum to take a before photo of me and I printed it out in this little mm. notebook and it folded out and I'm like this chunky cute little girl and I wrote my weight my height my measurements and I remember just I would track kind of what I was eating and I would like it started obviously healthy in that way but I remember forming throughout the process some obsessive thoughts about maybe I shouldn't eat this but you know what at the end of the day I fucking love food I can't skip meals I love food I feel like I always say I was put on this planet to eat so I had to find ways to like balance it all but that's how it started for me and it just, it came off over over a few years. Like I didn't do anything crazy. And that was when I was younger. Then when I moved to Sydney and I started working more in the industry, that's when it took a bit of a turn. Mm. I went from being like fine in my body, not loving it. I was still a bit ch- like chubbier, a little bit overweight maybe still. And I was such a little hippie girl growing up. Like I was really carefree. My style was very vintage and all this. And I signed with this big agency and they were like, we want you to elevate. We need you in like nicer clothes, nicer things. Like we need you to look good. And so my brain goes, you need to get skinnier. And so I remember I was shooting quite a bit around this time as well. And all my stuff was really popping off. And I think I had some shoot coming up and I messaged my friend who was a nutritionist. And I said, how can I lose weight fast? And she wrote me up this plan. Bless her, like, she was probably just trying to fucking help me, but mm. it, like... <laughs> yeah, I guess if a friend's coming to you for help, though, and for that, before you've maybe even explored that yourself, mm-hmm. you think, okay, I just want to help. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a toxic thing about the health industry. Mm. Um, it doesn't go into, okay, actually, what's the psychology behind this? Mm. And essentially, she wrote me up this plan, and it was... I, I read it and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, cool, I can do this. It was horrendous. Like, it was like I'm drinking a black coffee for breakfast. It was like no bananas, no sugar, no this, no that, no, no, no. I was like a hermit. I didn't go out. All I did was work, but no wonder I had no energy for anything. I was eating probably like accidentally 600 calories a day, 
working oh out God. twice a day. Like I would, want, a meal would be a protein bar and a protein smoothie. And I'm thinking this is normal. I didn't, I was vegan at the time too. So I wasn't eating any pro, like protein. I didn't cook with oil. I had a fear of oil. Like I had formed so many rules in my mm. mind that followed me. They still follow me for years that I'm not allowed certain things, but I got so thin. And you know what the saddest part is? I couldn't even enjoy the weight I lost because I thought in my brain I was still that chubby girl. Yeah. And I was also dealt with like panic anxiety at the time after a head injury. So the worst thing to be doing was not to be feeding and looking after myself properly. But it wasn't until years later that I looked at photos like, your back is so bony, like you are like tiny cardia that's so unnatural for your body that you were like that. And you were so unhappy. You were struggling mm. so much and you had no quality of life. And like, you didn't even notice that you were like that. Yeah, I was going to say, you literally didn't see it at all I until you looked back. I could not see it. I remember going to shoot one day with my best friend Yaz. It was probably the smallest I'd gotten to and like I was not healthy and everyone around me is thinking, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm, in my head, I'm thinking, guys, I'm literally just eating healthy. I don't know what, like in my head, I didn't know I was actively doing yeah. it. Well, it's because it's made to be a good thing, isn't yes. it? Yes. I thought I was just being healthy. I thought I was just finally for once not eating a lot and... And all of that, because I trained myself into thinking I ate a lot of food, which then in comparison to my friends, I saw I didn't. But I had this shoot one day with Yaz and I remember crying, going, I look so fat. This is the biggest, this is the biggest I've ever been. And she's literally like, nah, what the fuck? And I look at those photos now. I'm fading away and like I couldn't even see it. Yeah. Everything changed a lot after then. Like my anxiety was so bad. I went to a really great nutritionist and she got my gut health fixed and everything on track. And I finally started being like, you can't maintain this for much longer because you're not enjoying your life and your body and, and all of that. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Now my question's mainly for you is a lot on body dysmorphia because I feel like obviously the eating disorder is one whole massive topic that deeply links with this. What What is your tips for someone like me that's, I guess, been through that whole thing and then coming to manage body dysmorphia? Because mm. I feel like it's such a confusing yeah, topic that no, it's hard to understand. Mm. Body image in general is such a big topic mm. and then body dysmorphia is this kind of whole other thing going mm. on. Some say it is a mental health condition mm. where your brain is just not able to see what is actually in front of you. And when you're talking about with the eating disorder side, and especially when diet culture is telling people to be smaller with women, mm. um, that's where I think people never realise actually how small they are and they always think they're bigger. But in the same in the same way with 
maybe guys who want to gain more muscle or whoever mm. wants to gain more muscle, then they actually see themselves as smaller than they actually mm. are. So you can get muscle dysmorphia as well. Mm. But it can also happen with a perceived flaw or something that you see on yourself that nobody else actually sees. So it doesn't mean it's just about body and shape and size. It mm. can be nose, it can be lips, it can be anything on your body. And even if, you know, when somebody says, oh, I've got a spot on my face and, and you, just all... you just cannot actually see it, but mm. that person for them just thinks it's literally consuming mm. their whole face. Um, obviously, it's a lot more complex than that, but it's kind of showing how in your mind it's just intensified mm. by about a million and it does affect your quality of life your relationships your social life quite literally everything mm -hmm. I think it's a really hard single answer just mm. of what you need to do because I think as soon as you can become aware that's when you can start to actually make changes mm -hmm. with everything really if you're not aware of something how can you actually make mm, a change sure. if you've got support around you if there's anyone that you know that you can just talk to and say, look, I'm actually, I'm struggling with this. Mm -hmm. um, I think then that can open up the conversation and then you can go on to actually find professional help because mm. you don't have to suffer with it alone. Mm. There are so many things you can do. You can have CBT for it. You can have loads of different talking therapies mm -hmm. for it. There are even forms of medication if mm. somebody felt like they needed to go down that route. But I think for you, it actually sounds like as soon as you got out of that really tricky place of um, malnourishment mm. and being in a really, really unhealthy relationship with food, your brain can start to actually function again better mm -hmm. because I think that's something that people don't actually realise is your metabolism isn't just about how much you eat versus how much you gain or how much you lose. It's literally your body's engine. So mm. it's so crucial for your immunity, for your energy levels, for your hormones. Your hormones. Yeah, your gut health, like you were saying, it doesn't surprise me at all that then your gut health just went to Absolutely. rubbish because it's it's all connected. And as women, we are so complex and everything is just all intricately connected in this kind of web. So mm. as soon as one thing is compromised, it just has a knock-on effect. Yeah, I always say, I'm like, I have the most sensitive body. And I'm like, well, fucking no wonder why, because the shit you have put yourself through over the years with food and over-exercising and like the heightened cortisol levels and the mm. stress that my body has been through because it constantly feels like it's not good enough and it can't just relax and be okay with how it is. And I remember such a turning point for me was when I was living in Oz and we came to Europe for a bit and I was with like my partner at the time and I feel like I just let all my inhibitions go and I was like eating almond croissants and I was eating baguettes and I was like for the first time having these foods that were so like not allowed because I was just like, I don't know, I was like falling in love and I was like, oh my God, I'm having the best time. Like, fuck it. Like, fuck it, you know, like whatever. And I remember it all clicked. I came home the same size, if not smaller. I actually feel like I lost more weight eating whatever I wanted mm. and not thinking about it. And something that I have to say is true for me, when I purposely am trying to go so like balls to the wall, I can't eat this, I can't eat that, I want to lose weight, I'm working out, I, the, your stress levels go up so high yeah. that I end up puffier, mm. way more swollen, way more bloated, bloated. like everything, my hormones off, my mood is off, like I don't feel happy. And it's like, I also feel like one of my biggest regrets from lowering my calories so much at a young age, like I've completely damaged my metabolism. So even if now 
I wanted to lose weight. It is near impossible, not impossible, but it's so much harder than what it should be because my metabolism, if I even cut out too much food, it thinks I'm starving myself Mm. again. Yeah, and it doesn't want you to. Food cling, you know, mode. And with the body dysmorphia stuff, the biggest turning point for me personally that helped was honestly, and it sounds so dumb, but it's it's stepping towards the fear. Mm. It's I'm terrified to go to the beach and wear a, wear a bikini. Okay, go to the beach and just start with a one piece. Start with a one piece with with a cover up. I used to have this theory, like put your towel as close to the water as you can so that you just quickly run into the water, you're safe in the water and then quickly run out and you can wrap your towel around you. Like that's how I had to start because I would just be so scared of people looking at me mm. or going to the beach with friends and them looking at me and thinking they're judging me. The minute I realised no one gives a fuck about you. Yeah, everyone's in their own head and they're not realising what you're actually realising as well. The minute I just zoomed out, and that's what I have to do all the time, zoom out, Cardia, like, and realise, like, people aren't obsessing about these things for you. And I also did a thing where I started looking at other people's bodies on the beach, not in a judgmental way. What do I find beautiful about these people? It was always... The girls that had bodies like mine, more curvy, a little bit fuller, say breasts or booty or whatever, like waist, bit of tummy, the way they would fucking own it with confidence, I was like, that is so sexy. Yeah. And the minute I started seeing that other people had this confidence, I was like, oh my God, I can do this. And like, who's to say that just that one body type is what's beautiful? You've trained yourself into that. People, not everyone has yeah. the same like actually, appeal in that. Yeah, definitely. And actually... um, it's all kind of like a trend. Yeah. Like how can one body be in a trend? Mm. So if it's, okay, skinny, and then suddenly it's strong, not skinny, mm. and then it's curvy, and it's like somebody at some point is going to fit into that mm-hmm. trend, but then at some point they're going to feel bad about their bodies if that's all they're relying on to actually feel good about their mm. bodies. And I love what you said earlier in terms of realizing that that's not where your body naturally wants to sit or you said it in some kind of way like that like I think people don't understand this yeah so it's basically called the set range theory and it's a set point so it's not one specific number or Mm. one specific place but it is a range where give or take however many kilograms across your lifetime you're probably actually going to be near about the same weight Mm. or the same size because your body actually knows what it wants to do Mm. and you don't have to micromanage it you don't have to obsessively count calories or obsessively be exercising to keep it there it's gonna remain there because it just feels it feels good there and if you go too far either side so if you get too small on one side Mm. um it's going to try and push you back again and it's going to say look I'm not happy here maybe feeling a bit colder having more anxiety because Mm. it's linked to your brain worse gut health maybe not sleeping as well hormones maybe period stopping all of these kind of things it's going to push you back to say look this is where I feel good and going to send you more appetite signals because Mm. I want you to eat more on the same side though if you go maybe um, on the other side of gaining more weight than actually your body feels comfortable it's gonna actually tell you I don't really feel happy here either because that weight gain that maybe it's happening like you said when you were younger Mm. it was as a result of feeling really uncomfortable in your family or Mm. feeling really not safe so Mm. you were turning towards food to keep you safe and as soon as that was gone your body was like okay I don't need to... I don't need you anymore yeah, in that I don't, way. Yeah, you're not serving me anymore. Mm-hmm. So it knows where it wanted to be. Mm. And obviously, as a really young child, you were so, so young. So mm. 
your body was going to change in whatever way. And I think that's another thing that is so negative that I see in clinic is when there's a child who is maybe in a slightly bigger body and their parents have all of these different beliefs and maybe they're putting the pressure on. Mm -hmm. And this child was probably going to lose the weight as they just grew up anyway. It was just kind of that puppy fat. And actually then if you get into the negative relationship with food and developing binge eating, then that's one way to obviously not let your body change. Mm. Um, So going back to the the set range though, Mm. it's basically allowing the trust to happen and trusting the process and not trying to just fight it the whole time. You don't need to fight it. Mm. But I think where it's a bit tricky is if you are not happy with where your body naturally wants to fall. Mm -hmm. And that's where it becomes really toxic. Well, I think that's a lot of what I've had to overcome in the years, it's becoming okay. Like it's, it's. I know everyone hates the self. It's just self love. It really is though, and it's being able to accept that this is this is your body. And and when I would get so upset about my body, and my mum has been be- so beautiful throughout my whole childhood journey. Like I can't remember once when my mum ever called me fat or said you need to lose weight. Like you, like she was just like, let's go for walks. Let's, I'll help you. We can do this. Like off, like supportive, you know, yeah. and every little win she was so graceful with, which made me feel safe. Like, okay, I can take my time with this. But she would always say to me when I would then, you know, got bad with my body, your legs take you places. They, mm. Your eyes see things. Your hands help you hug people you love. Like you have to reframe what your body is actually doing for you. And I also think... When my health was jeopardized, like when I had this bad concussion, I was then plagued with like panic, anxiety and depression. I couldn't give a flying fuck about what my body looked like in terms of its weight. I was like, I just want to feel happy again. Mm. And I think that if you can start switching your your mentality around the way you view yourself and what's really important in this life and your happiness is the most important, your loved ones and the people, your, your fun memories, like your body's just here to carry you through that. Yeah. And as long as you're kind to it, you will eventually start to, I think, let go of those yeah, definitely. pressures that society's put on you a little bit more and more mm. because ultimately you have to zoom out and see what the, the industry picture. and what the culture of it all is pushing because they're making so much money off your insecurities. And I had to realize for me that a lot of it stemmed from the work that I do. Like I work in fashion and beauty in that whole world. And it's so exciting and incredible time to be in it because slowly there's more (laughs) diversity coming for, I think, people with all different types of bodies and, you know, that's why I've also felt more confident even with the lingerie shoot to go, well, like, I've got friends that curve model and I look at them like, that's so incredible that you're doing this for other people and I look to you and go, wow, you make me feel more confident. So for me, that's what I was like, if I can push through this and accept myself more, hopefully it can also help other people. But my best advice is you've got to feel the fear and do it anyways. Yeah, no, I love that quote. I think it's so, so true. And also um, actually working out what am I wanting from losing weight or changing my Mm -hmm. body because even if somebody's just saying I want to get abs and then it's like okay well why and they're saying because then I'll be happy Mm. and then you keep going okay but why or what will that then give you 
then I'll feel confident. Okay, and then what is going to happen if you feel confident? Then I'll maybe go on a date. Mm. Okay, and if you go on a date, then what? And you keep going down and down and down and then you realise actually you're just saying maybe you want to feel loved or Mm -hmm. you just want to feel worthy Mm -hmm. and it's nothing to do with actually that first phrase that comes Mm. out of your mouth. It's not about I just want to lose weight. It's about everything that's underpinning it because it's so much easier to blame your body for your unhappiness and actually Mm. looking beneath it. Yeah, and seeing where else you can, you might need more support. It's an inside job. I think that's what you're saying is it's taking a look at actually what's within rather than what's outside. And Mm. it's like if you had a new phone and then you go and get a phone case and all you're doing is protecting the phone case and actually the phone is broken, but you're Mm. still obsessively Mm -hmm. changing the case or looking after the case and it's actually, I know that's obviously quite a simple example, mm. but you are basically taking care of actually your body rather than just what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people just assume that being in a certain size is genuinely healthy and it actually isn't true. Mm-hmm. Your health is so multifaceted. So mm. it's not just about what your weight is or what you're eating. It's also about your stress levels, like you were saying. It's about Mm. your gut health. It's about your environment, your access to medication. There's so much that's a bigger percentage than actually your food and Mm. and what you're doing with your body and movement and your nutrition is a tiny, tiny percentage. Mm. And going back to what we were talking about with the set range, actually 50 to 70% is down to genetics of what you look like. Mm -hmm. So You can change your hair colour, you can cut your hair, you can do all of these different things, but you have to keep doing it because your hair kind of wants to Mm -hmm. be back at that colour or it's Mm going to grow or it's Mm going to be a certain level of thickness. And it's the same with your body. You You can manipulate your body through the forms of exercise and nutrition and that's Mm -hmm. why they then become the really tricky relationships Mm -hmm. with food and exercise. But ultimately, it's just going to keep trying to fight you back to Mm -hmm. go where it wants to be. Mm. And what I learned as well was like, stop trying to fit yourself into rooms or situations or people or places where you don't belong with people that don't make you feel loved as you are. And I feel like once I also changed my environment of friends, a lot of my relationship with food changed too. And especially say with like a boy, like if I met a nice boy that enjoyed my body being like that or like praised me for that or like it's not to say that you need just praise but just maybe look at also the the energy you're around because it really like think you know me when I was younger I was so emotionally eating so much because I was being put down so much your you feel your your body feels that and your Mm. energy feels that so I think finding people that actually support you and love you for you is such an incredible step as well to take with that and just people that remind you like Ashton's been so integral in my relationship with myself because she reminds me she always says I wish you could see yourself through my eyes like and that to me like and if I'm saying horrible things about myself and the way I talk to myself like I see how much it upsets her and I'm like I can't be saying this about myself because it hurts her to see me being like, yeah. man, you don't want anyone you love to suffer. So I think, yeah, being around good people. And as I said, my nutritionist that I had in Australia changed my life completely, you know, like yeah. helped me focus on my health, not my body. And then she was like, then if later you want to get to me helping you navigate how you could lose weight in a healthy way, then we can get there. But we need to work on your mental, your yeah. gut, everything else first. Yeah. And, and then and then you're kind of taking care of your body, you're putting it in because you want to fuel your body. You yeah. want to feel nourished rather than 
what you need to take out. I thought I was going to her to get help with losing weight. Did I ever eventually speak to her about weight loss? No. I just, it just whittled away. And I was like, yeah. I'm just focusing on my mental and all of that. So Yeah, I love that. I also yeah. loved what you said about um, you and Ashton because that's a really good way to think about it of would I type out a message onto mm-hmm. WhatsApp right now and just send that to my best friend? Mm. Would I send that to anyone? Would I even send that to someone I didn't really yeah. like? And you just wouldn't. Mm. You wouldn't be able to actually type it out and press send because it's that's horrible. not you. So I think it's kind of coming back to your your core values as well and actually what what you want for other people. It's like, why can't you give that to yourself? Mm. And that's because maybe at the time you didn't feel like you deserved it mm. or you weren't worthy of it. Mm. Um, but that's a really good way and a little good tip that mm-hmm. people could do is think, would I say this to my best friend mm. or what would I say to somebody mm. that I cared about? Yeah, and especially if you're trying to form a better relationship with your body and say you are trying to lose weight in a healthy way, the words you say to your body, like they live within you. Like yeah. the energy you are giving to yourself is it permeates your whole system. And so the minute you switch your, it's like manifesting. It's like I always talk about, I love money, money manifesting, like speaking, I am abundant, I am this, I am that, and money comes. It's like, I can't be saying every day in the mirror, I'm so fat, I'm so ugly, I'm so like, oh, my pimples are so, they're going to get worse. Everything's going to get worse when you switch it. Like, there's scientific studies about yeah. when you speak, you know, the snowflake study? Yeah. When you speak to the snowflake and you're like, I love you, and it's like this beautiful mosaic little thing. And then the ones that's like, you're ugly or like hatred things, it's the craziest, yeah. most horrible, like, um, Negati- way it crystallizes and stuff or whatever the fuck. I'm so not good with <laughs> no, scientific that. explanations. No, I know the exact one you mean. That's no, I love that. And I think negative body talk is one way that you are going to feel bad about your body because mm-hmm. positive body image isn't actually about looking in the mirror and being like, "I look great. Mm-hmm. I look confident. I I feel good today." Mm-hmm. It's actually more about do I need to live my life based on what my body does look like? Can mm-hmm. I just kind of get through the day and actually it's not at the forefront of my mind Mm -hmm. um, what else is important. So Mm. I think the way you're talking to yourself about everything, but particularly with your body, you're never ever going to be confident or happy if you're just constantly talking down Mm -hmm. about it. So Mm. yeah, the way you talk yourself is so important. Yeah, it's like the write your sticky notes on the mirror, might feel lame or like when I'm feeling anxious or funny about it, I just always focus on like, I am safe, I am happy, I am healthy. And a lot of it is safety, I feel. Like if you can remind yourself that you're safe and that you're healthy, Mm. it's, it's the key. Yeah. But anyways, I think that's all we have time for. But we're going to get Hannah on for lots of other episodes on different topics so if you guys want to write in anything else that you want us to discuss I mean we had so many I had so many other (laughs) notes and questions I wanted to ask you but thank you so much for coming on and your advice and hope you guys enjoyed this and you know all of your wisdom thank you so much for having me and thank you for talking about it as well because I know you'll help so many people yeah all right well I hope you guys enjoyed and we'll see you next week Bye. bye